Welcome on into the 2-3 podcast. I'm Cam, that is Zach. A beautiful win against Georgia Tech, 80-63. to Zach, this felt good. This felt good for the majority of the game. Yeah, this is a really good win. It really led to just a very commanding win. We, we had their number. We, we felt good. I mean, we will touch on the, another slow start here in a second. But beyond that, if you erase that, if you don't think about that, it was a great, I would say, 30 minutes of basketball. We kind of took over. I mean, they did kind of squeak back a little bit, but all in all, we felt comfortable. We felt good. And at the end of the day, I think this is up there in one of our best games on the year. We always talk about those games where you don't have to worry too much. You kind of sit back, relax, watch the game. That's how I felt towards the second half where I felt like we were going to take command. Like you said, they started to squeak back a little bit. I wasn't too worried about it. But it was one of those games where you play like, uh, I don't know. I remember you and I went to a game against, I think it was Boston University, where they beat them by like 50. And you just sit back, relax, and you just try to evaluate things. I think as a team, Zach, they really needed that to evaluate their lineup, see who was playing well. And towards the end, you had the, the lineup out there that was just absolutely killing it. Yeah, I feel like we really met expectations you know, on paper, obviously, Georgia Tech is coming into this game, you know, doing have, have with one winning the ACC. So on paper, this is a team that we should have like a commanding win against and we are able to get the job done. So I think everyone felt really good about that. And I think that's the big thing is, you know, expectations have kind of been up and down throughout this year. So it felt really good to, to meet expectations and just get the job done and, you know, and leave uh, Atlanta with a nice dub. Also, shout out to the fans that were there that were supporting in Atlanta. The Let's Go Orange chants definitely resonated throughout the broadcast. Orange Nation loves to make their presence known, and uh, they did that this this game as well. Loud and proud enough, like you said, that you could hear the chants on the broadcast, which is quite the feat. It's always cool to see Orange on the road, which it would be cool to go to the Orange Road game. We got we to gotta schedule that one of these days. It would be cool to, to, be, to see the Orange, like, not on a neutral site, but like a true road game. That'd be sick. Yeah, I was going to say, we have been to uh, the Garden. We've been to Brooklyn for some of the uh, neutral site games that are down there. Obviously, neither one. They won, but regardless, <laughs> it's so weird to like go to a game and see the Orange dressed out in orange and their unif- or away uniforms. And uh, yeah, I would love to go down there to Atlanta or just one of these places around the ACC real quick before we start the recap of all the ACC you know arenas besides the JMA wireless dome which one would you want to go to the most I think it would be I mean it'd be insane and I feel like you'd be lucky to like get out of there alive to some degree but it'd be it'd be crazy to go into uh, Cameron Indoor yeah I fully agree with you to watch some Duke broadcasts, the fans are ridiculous. And as much as we hate Duke, you got to show respect to the amount of passion that the fans have. And um, I still hate Duke, but and I still <laughs> hate their fans. But at the same time, like they are passionate. And, um, you know, it's it's always nice to go there and, uh, and beat them, Zach, and hit three quarter court shots. Hey, shout out to Elijah Hughes. So let's talk about this game. Uh, Like we said, another slow start, but the difference maker was the bench and the press. The press saved us once again. The press is just so effective. 
of speeding up the other team, speeding up their offense, making them take shots that they're maybe not super comfortable with. And it's just been leading to good energy. I think overall, I think sometimes our guys can kind of fall asleep in the zone, but obviously the press forces you to move, forces you to be active. And I think it's been really effective. And especially coming from last year where the press wasn't as effective throughout the year, it's really good to see that we have this in our tool belt. And it's been a great tool that we've used. And I think down the stretch, moving into the rest of the season here, the press is going to be very, very important for this team. Why do you think that it is compared to last year? Do you think that this team is just a little bit more athletic or do you think that they have a bigger size? What do you think it is? I think it just comes down to like just the speed and athleticism that we have on the squad now. And I mean, I think that's kind of the kryptonite of last year is we were lacking athleticism. So this year we have plentiful athleticism everywhere you look. So where the press is, is, is best when you're, we have high energy and you can move quick and that's what our guys do. In the presser, we always talk about the pressers. I mean, they are important. Um, Jim had mentioned, I thought that was very interesting and you had just mentioned it, that the press worked this time by speeding up the yellow jackets. Usually you think about the press, you think about steals, you think about trying to turn the possession over, but in this case, it was speeding them up. It was forcing some not so great shots that they were taking and went on what, like a seven Oh nine Oh run, something like that. Got us right back into it. And then when we needed to expand the lead, we were able to work, you know, do it. Then teams can't necessarily make that quick of an adjustment. And when they do, they find themselves either down one or they're already down. You know, they, it just makes a huge adjustment to, to the game as a whole. Yeah, the 2-3 zone in the press combo is lethal. You've seen it in the tournament. Now we're seeing it throughout this regular season. It's a, it's a lethal combo when it's executed right, and right now we're executing right, and I think it's going to win some games in, in this league, and I think coming to March, it's going to win some games then too. So super, super happy to see the press be so effective, and it's only something we're going to get better at, and that's even the more exciting. So let's start with the good in this game, and just to start... The good as a whole, we're now 13 and seven, which doesn't sound that great, but we are six and three in the ACC. We're tied for third in the ACC. And if you have looked at the standings so far, it's just an absolute mess. Like the ACC usually is at this time of year. There are five teams, including us that are six and three. And, you know, we're in the mix. We're in a decent spot, but there are so many really strong contenders and obviously, it's always a question as to how many ACC teams are going to be in March Madness come, uh, you know, come tourney time. So I think that we're in a decent spot, Zach, but we've got a lot of a lot of really, really good teams coming up that are going to expand the field a little bit. Yeah, being tied for third in the ACC feels good, but we are tied with five of the teams, including us, obviously. So if we do lose... If we drop a game, then you immediately fall to like eighth in the league, just like that. So it's it's definitely a precarious spot to be in, and we do have some tough matchups coming in. Obviously, North UNC is coming to town, so it's uh it's a definitely a precarious spot to be in. But nonetheless, we're in the mix, so you gotta be happy about that. The best part of this game, Joseph Gerard the third hates Yellow Jackets. Absolutely hates them. His first half in this game was, he, he was the main reason why we were actually in it. He had, I think, half of our points 
going into halftime. I think he put up 18. We had, I believe, 40 at half. He ended up with 28, five boards and seven assists in 40 minutes. This is arguably one of the best games of his career. Not to mention, he's just having a fantastic senior year. He is just blossoming into a great leader. And I honestly believe this is something I've been thinking these last few games here, especially with him playing so well. Obviously, he's had a few games where he's had some struggles, but any player does. This is his team. Joe Girard has taken this team, and he's leading the charge the rest of the season. And I think uh, he's going to lead us to big and uh, great things down the line here. Several episodes ago, we posed the question to Jesse, to Joe, to anybody who was listening that, you know, make this your team. Make make sure that you are the leader out there. And we always talked about how Joe was probably the best front runner for for the job, for the for the title of leader. And we all agreed that he leads in a different way. He leads on the court. He's not necessarily vocal like other guys are, but he has definitely shown a couple of times this year that, like you said, this is his team now, and we we all have to agree on that. He is playing at such an elite level that I didn't think that, honestly, that he could do. I knew that going into this year, when he moved to the two, he was going to have more opportunities. He was going to be able to play his game, his brand of basketball. But Zach, he's taken me by surprise, and I love to see that he is doing well. Obviously, we have been critical of Joe, as most of Q Station has been in the past, and um, he's living up to the hype right now. It's time to change the narrative with him. You know, clean slate, people have been on him, and it's time to give him a clean slate. He he leads the team with 17.5 points a game. He's just playing at such a high elite level. And I just think he deserves more respect. And this senior season is going to go down in the as the best in his tenure here at Syracuse, for sure. And it's not even over yet. No, it's not even over yet. He's got a lot more work to do, as, this, as does this team. I would love to talk to him, hopefully later down the line. Hopefully we can nail down that interview, because I'd love to talk to him about how he was able to manage the noise because obviously there was one point where people were just constantly on him. If he had a bad game, people were begging Jim to bench him. And I know that even you and I were talking about like, is it time to bench uh, Joe? I think it was last year um, when he was just really struggling. So I'm glad that he's able to, that he's putting up the points now because he, he deserves it. He absolutely deserves it. Let's move on to another guy that's been producing at an an elite level, and that's Malik Brown. He had a career-high 18 points along with four steals and four boards. When you look at the forwards, just the group of forwards, Zach, he's been obviously the most consistent. He's the one that we always talk about. He's the guy that's always just, you know, if Malik's out there, he's going to have a good game. There's probably been, what, once that he hasn't, and he's just definitely the most consistent option right now. Yeah, I think consistency is his biggest strength. You know, game to game, when he gets he gets the time, he gets the reps, he usually has a very fantastic game. I mean, sometimes he's a little limited on minutes, and, you know, he's had a little bit of a weird game. But overall, he's he is definitely the most consistent forward. And, again, he's so consistent at doing the little things. He fills out the stat sheet, and he's just a solid, super good player. And above all, one again, he's just so, so consistent. And the team that's lacking consistency in that position it's just so great to see that from him. One thing that you've got written down here is 
how good he is defensively. And that's something that I wasn't necessarily thinking about until you just brought it up. Well, until I, I saw it on here. That, you know, the four steals, that's, that's huge. And that's something that I didn't necessarily think that he had. But he's constantly surprising me and constantly surprising the team at what he can do and, and what you can see from him. Yeah, I mean, he's got super active hands. And he's just, he's just super solid, too. No one's getting past him. He stays in front of you. And, you know, he's managed to get four steals this last game here. So... Super, super good defensively. Overall, Malik Brown has been a huge surprise for many, and it's just really good to see the development and production out of him. One thing I'm worried about moving forward with him, and I want your take on this, I'm worried that teams are going to start marking him because I feel like now they don't really think about him. He's sort of flying under the radar, and it's only a matter of time before teams are going to start to pick up on him. How long do you think that it will take before teams finally like give Malik the, re- the respect that he deserves. I mean, that comes with a little bit of an interesting caveat because majority of teams are just doubling Jesse. So it's like, okay, great. Yeah. T- only put one guy on Jesse, but then Jesse's going to beat him. Right. So then, right. So like it kind of opens up the door for Jesse a little bit. Um, but obviously right now, he, a lot of times he's just, just not, not marked at all. So he's able to just get those, easy dunks and easy layups, but it does seem like he's going to show up on scouting reports here pretty soon. And people are not going to be taking him lightly because, you know, 18 points off the bench, that's something to turn eyes. So pretty soon here, teams are not going to be leaving him open. Speaking of uh, surprises, Quidier Copeland is getting some minutes. The boy after three DNPs uh, since logging his one minute versus Virginia 17 against Georgia Tech. He, as Jim has said, has had great practices. Jim loves practices. And if he's going to be a vocal leader on the bench, you got to put him in there because he he brings his hypeness on the court. And that's, I think, the thing that I love most about him. Yeah, you just love seeing minutes from him, whether he's on the bench or he's in the game. He brings so much energy and passion on the floor, on the bench, it's just it's just so noticeable, and anyone who watches this team will know this. Everyone's cheering for Kadir, and he he actually provides a pretty good stat line here: six boards, which is second highest to team behind Jesse, who had seven and two assists, and, and only seventeen minutes of play. So you know maybe he's not scoring; he, he had two points, but you know some of his misses led to, to putback bunks for, from Malik. So everything he's doing is good stuff, and. I don't know. I really love to see his minutes. And especially after coming off three DNPs, you know, morale could be low. He could be putting his head down. But that's not Kodir at all. He comes in hype and energized. And it's just great to see minutes from him. And uh, just, I don't know. You just can't, you just, you can't love this kid enough. He's such a great kid. And it's so fun watching him play. Judah threw a lob to Jesse. And Jesse obviously yammed at home. The guy that I was actually watching on that play was Kodir. And he was so hyped. He was bouncing up and down. And you can kind of see like the minute that he realizes, oh, I've got to get back on defense because he's like trying to go high five Jesse and then he immediately like runs back. So he brings that funness to the court. I always love seeing that. Um, I think that Cy sort of brings out a little bit. He's got a little bit of Cy in him, but I, I just, I think that he's sort of like a team favorite. He's obviously becoming a fan favorite too. Um, I'm really glad that he's getting the attention that I think that he rightfully deserves because even like his play style, like if you 
if you break down the way that he plays the game, he's exactly what we need. He's able to get in there, get dirty, get physical, and he might not be the best scorer on the team, but he's able to get aggressive, and that's exactly what we need right now. Speaking of that alley Judah pass, Judah bounces back after you know that struggle against Miami. 13 points, 6 assists, 2 steals. I think the biggest one here is only one turnover. Yeah, when you're a freshman point guard, the biggest thing, and you have a, a bad game, the biggest thing is obviously how you bounce back. I, I, I mean, listen, Judah has time and time again shown that he is like a, I don't know, a, a, a he's just magic. I, I was trying to think of like a word that would best describe him, but like he's just magic. Some of the plays that he's able to do, some of the um, incredible passes and incredible takes that he has is just absolutely ridiculous and when you look at the talent on this team I think that nobody encompasses it better than than Judah he is one of a kind absolutely one of a kind and I'm really hoping in these next couple games where we have really tough competition that he's able to go toe-to-toe with them I want him to bring the intensity but I want him to channel it in a way that is healthy for him and doesn't get him in foul trouble or anything like that yeah, I, I agree with that. I think majority of the time he, his, he can be a little bit too emotional, which is something we've touched on before. He can be a little too emotional, which is also one of his strengths. You know, he, he's not afraid to get dirty, get in the paint, and you know, get, you know, get some contact. So you know, it's a it's a it's a blessing and a curse all at the same time. But overall, we've already mentioned it's good to see Judah back back after that Miami game, and overall putting off a pretty good performance here. Time to go to the bad. It's not really that bad, but there was a bit of a, a dip after his career night with with Jesse. He was still all right. He had 14 points, seven boards, three blocks. Again, this is a quote-unquote not great game from Jesse, and I guarantee you 90% of NCAA programs would love this from their center any given night. So we didn't necessarily need Jesse in this game. Um, he was a pretty decent presence on defense, um, but overall, just not not the greatest game from Jesse after what was definitely a career night for him. Yeah, I think one of the most notable things here is this is his first game in a while where he's he's getting into foul trouble here. He ends the game with with four fouls, and you know that led to some Moo minutes, which Moo had some good production in his 13 minutes. But interesting to see Jesse kind of fall back into foul trouble here. I mean, I think it will just happen. You know, the, the refs this game weren't, weren't that great. We didn't really favor us on multiple occasions, which it just seems the refs this year in general have not been the greatest throughout the league, across the league. I know Saturday a lot of people were upset with the refs across the ACC. So it, it's I hate to talk about refs because refs, you should never have to talk about refs because like they shouldn't matter. But when they make the wrong calls and it's it's obvious, it's just super annoying to watch. Yeah, it definitely is. I had a couple of head-scratching moments and moments I was kind of yelling at the TV. But overall, Jesse didn't play too bad. And again, you're, any team would like kill for, for his production. And uh, yeah, let's move on to the bad. Chris and Benny, a uh, total of three points and three boards between two of them. Benny was emotional in the Miami game. He seemed like he was doing pretty well. It was emotional in a good sense. And unfortunately, he's just not able to nail down the consistency. And Jim has said it time and time again that if you're not being productive, then 
you know, you're, you're not going to get minutes and I don't know what it is. It's just, I, I kind of get Chris because he is a freshman and he's getting used to everything and you kind of expect that sort of inconsistency. I guess you could make the argument that Benny is sort of a freshman this year and he's sort of getting everything figured out, but I don't know. It's, I just worry about him and I just worry that, you know, he's not doing what necessarily, well, obviously not doing what we need him to do. Yeah. It's just a bummer that it's just, again, the consistency with his four position, you know, two games ago against Notre Dame, Chris Bell has a career night, right? 17 points. And then Benny has a solid game against, against Miami and now we have a combined game here where they're both they're they missed all their shots. The only, the only points they had were off of three throws, which credit credit to them for getting to the line. But overall, they're just lacking with with consistency here, and it's just tough to see them have such highs and lows. And I guess that's part of you know being young and like you said, Benny is kind of like a freshman this year. So I mean, imagine if Benny Williams had the year he's having now last year, and then he was able to develop on that year and actually have a sophomore season. He would be a totally different guy. So it's just a bummer that he's kind of having, uh, you know, the, the freshman struggles in his sophomore season. Yeah, I feel like the Benny freshman year, actual freshman year, doesn't necessarily exist because it, he didn't really do anything. He was kind of a non-factor. And that team wasn't obviously the the deepest when it came to the bench. So you look at Benny right now, as Jim has said multiple times that he is basically a freshman this year and that's a good and bad thing. It's good in the sense that he is getting production and he, I guess it is something to build off of and more than likely next year he would be a starter. So it's, it's something that he can build off of, but at the same time, like I'll ask you this from the beginning of the year to now, are you seeing improvement with Benny overall? I mean, I think overall we've seen some good games from him. And there's times you're like, all right, this is the Benny Williams that we we expected. This is Benny Williams that we can, you know, this is this is the the point we can build off of. And then, you know, a few games later or the following game, you know, he kind of has a quieter performance and is this lacking consistency. And so it's, he's having a very like freshman season. And, you know, if he, if he had a, this up and down season, like I said, last year, then it'd be a totally different mindset here. But and that's kind of why he's being so emotional out there because he it's his sophomore season. Like, you know, it's like he doesn't want to hear like, oh, maybe next year will be better because like that's his junior season. This is a guy that has aspirations that go to the league. You know, like most of these guys here, they're, they're trying to get to the NBA, trying to play pro ball. And it's just super frustrating, I'm sure, to keep have to keep going through these struggles. And I don't know. It, it's just tough to see a player that has so much potential go through these ups and downs and I hope he can get it figured out, but it's definitely an up and down season for Benny once again. I tell you what, he could really make a count in these next couple of games if he's able to get it figured out because there are some big matchups that we got coming up. North Carolina's coming up. Then we got Virginia Tech, Virginia at the Dome, Boston College, Florida State, and then so on, and then Duke in the middle of the month. So in the middle, in the month of February. So a lot of really, really big games coming up. And Listen, there's a lot of basketball to be played. Obviously, he can get the flow back. He can he can get his consistency down, but you just worry that he's running out of time and you worry that the rest of the forwards that are struggling like Chris are kind of running out of time too. So, like I said, next game is going to be North Carolina, and the next time you hear from us, we'll be previewing 
about that North Carolina matchup on Tuesday. So until you hear from us then, we will talk to you soon. Let's go, Cuse.